Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is Jesse Cass with another brand new episode of the L New Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Once again, Jesse Cass here with you for another brand new episode of the LME Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks once again for tuning in as we are here in the off season. As we said, we're going to keep the podcast going despite the season having come to an end a couple weeks back in the CBI tournament for the LMU Lions. But once again, another great guest, uh, Anthony Ireland, one of the best players in the history of LMU basketball, someone I had the pleasure of of getting to know and, and watching when I first started as the broadcaster for LMU men's basketball uh, about seven years ago. He played from the 2010 to the 2013-14 season, uh, three-time all-first-team West Coast Conference, number three in the history of LMU in terms of scoring, uh, also assists, steals. He's up there in so many categories. He is a fantastic player and an even better person so really excited to get him on the podcast and have a chance for you guys to hear our conversation so we're not going to waste any time we're going to get to it right now so here's my conversation with anthony ireland hope you guys enjoy it i'm now joined by my guest here in the lmu basketball podcast it's lmu legend anthony ireland anthony thanks uh, so much for taking the time to be on the show no problem man i'm honored to, i'm honored to get on here man it's uh you know, you, you and I go way back, so you know, I'm, I'm, anything I can do to help, I'm, I'm glad to, to be able to do it. Yeah, and you're taking time right now. Uh, you're in the in the middle of your season overseas. You're playing in Russia right now. Um, what's that experience been like? I know you've been kind of all over Europe in your career so far, in your professional career. You know, France, Greece, Poland. Uh, you know, what has it been like to make that transition and now playing in Russia? Uh, I mean, it's been it's been pretty easy, man. Um, you know, like you said, I, I've, I've I've had, uh, you know, I've played in, I played in France, I played in Greece, Poland, and last year I was in Lithuania. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you kind of understand what, what you're getting yourself into. But Russia is definitely an entirely different experience um, in terms of like, you know, the climate and and you know the people and, and just the culture in general. But um, as far as the basketball aspect, you know, it's great. You know, this is the VTB league is, is considered the, the best league outside the NBA. Um, so I was, I was really excited to uh to play to play uh throughout this season um you know we've played against the likes of alexi Shved, tony roten um Durrell wright is out here um you know and if and if you know about european basketball then you know then the, we, have, we have uh four, four euro league teams in our in our um in our league two euro cup teams so the competition is definitely top notch and that was that was the main reason why i uh why i transitioned out to russia this year and Anthony, obviously you've uh, played against great competition your whole career, but you just mentioned some of those guys you're playing against and their level being, 
you know, professionals and, and playing at the NBA level for a lot of them. What's that been like for you to go up against that level of competition pretty much every night in and night out? Um, I mean, it's been great, man. Um, that was, like I said, that was the main reason for me coming out here. Um, you know, and, and every year overseas, I've, I've kind of just continued to climb that ladder. And um, now I'm at the point where, you know, this is the, this is the best league out here. So, uh, so I'm just taking every, every opportunity and making the most of it. Um, even in practice, you know the guys. The guys on our on my team are, are uh, play at a high level. Uh, they all went to like high major schools, um, you know. So I'm just, I'm just embracing it really, and just continuing to try to, you know, cl- climb the ladder and, and level up e- each season, and you know, and try to just re- reach my goals, man. Yeah, and of course, this is the LMU basketball podcast, and as you mentioned, we go way back uh, from your time at LMU. You were just this this year inducted into the LMU Hall of Fame for your incredible and outstanding career. Uh, what did that honor mean to you, uh, just kind of looking back at your career and getting recognized uh, in that fashion? Oh, man, it was super humbling, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just smiling, thinking about, what, you know, when I got the phone call from Keith, Keith Ellison, the head trainer over there, and, you know, he told me, you know, that, you know, I got inducted to the Hall of Fame and, you know, gave me, gave me uh, just told me congrats and stuff. So you know, it was it, meant, it meant a lot for me just because I, I, you know, I, I left it out. I left it all out there um, every night on the court, um, put in countless hours in the gym, late night, um, you know, weight room or you know, weight weight room, running, running extra, run doing the sand dunes, waking up early with Coach Good and and working out, um, constantly getting shots up with with the general managers and other guys on the team. Um, so it was just. It's super humbling, and you know, just to be just to be mentioned with the with the likes of like you know Bo and and Hank is you know is, is something that you know I can tell tell my kids one day, and then you know when I'm 40, 50 years old, when I when I have kids and I bring them to LMU, you know I'll, I'll have something to show for. It. So it was it was a great feeling. Yeah, and of course your name all over the LMU record books, as you mentioned with Bo and Hank, you're one of just five Lions to score over two thousand points. Uh, you're number three all time in scoring number three all-time in assists, number two in steals, you know, top 25 in rebounding as well from your size. Uh, just wow. just really all those numbers, you know, when you put it up, as you said, against Bo and Hank, you're right there with all that. So it's obviously an incredibly well-deserved honor for you. Uh, and, and we've had a lot of guests uh, so far, kind of from your time. We had Taylor Walker on before. We had strength strength coach Drew Rossi on last week. Yeah. Oh, you had Jurassic on. We did have Jurassic on. I was able to to, wow, to reconnect. I that yeah, no, it's it good stuff. And and one of the themes that we really has come up through those conversations was uh, one of the more interesting seasons, and you were a part of it. Uh, you know, on the outside, it looks like it could have been a rough year. You guys went through that fourteen game losing streak, but then the the run in the West Coast Conference tournament, just that that remarkable turnaround and going from that really low low to that high high. For you, what was that whole experience like in that year where you guys were dealing with a ton of injuries and then kind of going from, as I said, low to high and what was a really remarkable tournament run in Vegas? Yeah, we did, you know, we dealt with a lot of adversity that year. You know, we started off, you know, we had high hopes because, you know, we finished, we did well. Our my, my sophomore year, we made, I think it was a CIT, and, you know, we had pretty much everybody coming back. Um, we only lost Drew, I believe. Um, you know, like we had Ash, we had our complete starting five, but then, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people went down early on. I know Deji went down, Godwin went down. Um, so, you know, that, that was the reason why we went on, you know, went on that losing streak and, 
you know, we continue to practice hard, continue to stay positive. Um, but we, you know, for some reason, we just couldn't get it done. And then, then once we got down to once we got down to Vegas, it was it was like a whole new season. Um, and that's that's the kind of mindset like Coach Good instilled in us um, going into Vegas is, you know, that any, anything can happen. And you know, we lock we lock our chances with whoever we have on the floor. So it was. You know, you know, I, I remember, you know, Taylor Walker was obviously he, he was a walk on, but at the at that time he ended up starting, you know, and him and I, him and I battled for the, you know, that for two years, that you know, two years, um, my 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 sophomore year and that whole junior year, so you know, he he was a great addition to our team, you know, after him and I battled throughout the previous two years, um, and then you know, like Stover Stover came, Nick Stover came down big in the stretch. And, you know, we just, we kind of just came together as a unit. Um, we embraced, like, you know, that, that, that mentality of our backs being up against the wall. And, you know, we, we took out Portland, knocked down Santa Clara, which was, they were, they were highly ranked at the time. And then, um, I, I think we beat someone else, no? Yeah, beat, uh, beat San Francisco as well. Oh, right, right. Yeah, we beat San Fran. And then the nail biter at Santa Clara when I, when I hit, you know, a buzzer beater or pretty, you know, a game, a game winning bucket, and then uh, you know, obviously we ran up against Gonzaga, which you know they had fresh legs, they hadn't played a game, but uh, yeah, man, it was it was a great run, and that's one of the memorable moments that that I have at LMU. Yeah, and in that last week with Drew Rossi, we kind of were laughing. We were talking about actually that game, the San Francisco one. I don't know if you have a vivid memory of this or not, but I believe you guys were up two. You know, they throw the ball into you pretty clearly from our vantage point. You were, they were trying to foul you on purpose. And then for whatever reason, the whistle wasn't called. They stole it, sent the game to overtime on a layup. What do you remember from that and being able to kind of gain your composure back after that, you know, blatantly missed no call to come back and still win that, win that game in overtime? Um, you know, I just, I just, you know, like you said, I kept my composure. You know, I knew, I knew we, were, we were in control of the game. Um, and you know, in overtime, we really we really showed our true colors, and you know we you know we came out with the W. So uh, so yeah, I really don't. Re- that's crazy. I really don't remember much about that game <laughs> for some reason. I remember the Portland. I remember Santa Clara. I don't. For some reason, I don't remember much about that. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we pulled it out in the end, and then you know we just we kind of just moved moved forward, and then you know we knocked off Santa Clara. Santa Clara at that at that that year was really good. Yeah. Um. They, they finished. They finished really well heading into the WCC tournament. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was a great experience that 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 year. Yeah, and of course, as you mentioned, you guys ended up going up against uh, Gonzaga, who was number one in the country at the time. And as you said, with the tournament format, it was their first game. It was your fourth in four nights. Uh, but even so, <laughs> that was a one point game at the half. And kind of remember you uh, yeah. you and uh, Pangos at the time going back and forth. Uh, what do you remember from yeah. that game and just? You know, obviously the first half being that close, and then they kind of pulled away at the end due to, you know, as you said, kind of the, the rest factor and, and a couple other things. But just that moment when you're kind of going toe to toe and back and forth with, you know, the top team in the nation at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, before the game, you know, we, you know, there was a lot of publicity. It was kind, of, you know, they were naming us the Cinderella run of the of the conference tournaments at the time, and you know, like you said, we had four four games. In four days, so I can, I was rooming with Taylor Walker. I can remember him and I icing, you know, getting in the ice bath after games, icing pretty much all day, getting you know some good food in our bodies, um, and the, and then you know like it, it was it was a different stage. You know, you can feel like 
you can you can just feel the energy. You know, there's more cameras. Um, you know, there's there's more more people at the game. Obviously, Gonzaga always brings a great crowd, but you can just feel like the the tension the tension in the arena. And it was obviously it was it was great. You know, I I, I loved it. I thrived off it. Um, and you know, I can remember like you know Mike Brown was you know a lot like a lot of scouts, a lot of general managers. Um, Mike Brown was that was on the sidelines. Doc Rivers is on the sidelines. I remember seeing, seeing just a bunch of you know NBA general managers and scouts there, um, and you know like you know we we went back to, we went you know head to head with them you know the whole first half and then you know that we kind of just you know we kind of just ran out of gas in the second half and um, you know I don't remember what we what we lost by but yeah it was it was a great experience and you know but Gonzaga was stacked that year I think they had Olenek right yeah that was the Kelly Olenek year definitely. Yeah. They had Olenek, Sam Dower, um, Pangos, uh, Gary Bell, and those are four pros right there. Obviously, Olenek's in the NBA, but I played against Pangos all last, you know, like four times last season when he was in Lith- when we were in Lithuania. Um, Gary, I played in Gary Bell. I played against Gary Bell when he was in when we were in Poland together. Um, so yeah, Sam Dower, I, I went to Reese's College All Star Game with him. So they had they had a squad, but you know. Going into the game, I definitely liked our chances. We, you know, we had a chance to knock them off. Um, like I said, we just ran out of gas, man. Yeah. Anytime you get, you know, they're talking to the NBA about back to backs. I don't think many people have to go for back to back to back to backs like you guys did. But um, that's yeah, that, that was tough. Yeah, that was that was quite the effort you guys put forward. But kind of going back to the start, you obviously come from you know Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, how much did you know about LMU, and, and what kind of led you to to come across the country and play basketball in Los Angeles? Man, I, honestly, I had no idea about LMU. Um, it happened because we were out I was, during AAU. Um, there, there was a tournament at LMU's campus. Um, we went for we, the. It was the big tournament in Vegas, and then the last tournament of the summer was we went to we went to Los Angeles and we played and played in the tournament out there. And one of the couple of the games was at the uh, in the rec center. So, you know, I'm walking around the campus. I'm like, what? Like, where is this? Like, what's the school <laughs> called? Like, you know, who went here? You know, what conference are they in? Um, you know, so my AAU uh, coach at the time was telling me, you know, it's a it's a very prestigious school. Um, you know, they're playing the WCC with the likes of um, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And then I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's, it kept sounding familiar. And then while we were out there, I actually came on, you know, I, I, you know Coach Good, um, he he uh, he ended up coming to one of our games, and then um, you know from the story that he says he you know he saw me do one move and then he automatically he just he automatically wanted me. <laughs> but um, so so right after I guess you know he seen me play I had no idea and then one of the assistant coaches like hey you know he called me up said hey Anthony let's go you know the coaches are interested in you over here let's let's just go on an unofficial visit let's just see see how you feel about it. So you know I. I <laughs> So as soon as I get on campus, you know, we immediately go to um, we go to Coach Coach Good's office. And can I can I cuss on here? Because you know how Coach Good is. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're gonna talk about okay. Coach Good, it just comes with the territory. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I walk in the. Um, meanwhile, obviously, he's seen me play before. He's like he's done his research on me. So I walk in his <laughs> office, and you know, he's sitting at the table or his desk, and he's like, huh. What the f- is this short little midget doing in doing my doing in my office? And I'm like, oh no! Like, what is this? Like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. And then, and then you know, we just chopped it up. Um, you know, he, you know, we walked around the campus. Um, 
show coach show and coach far show me around the campus we grabbed grab a bite to eat and then you know they kept kept in contact with me throughout my uh, my prep school season and um you know they offered me a scholarship and and i jumped on it um you know because you know they you know they stuck by me throughout my whole my whole prep school season i had a good prep school um year so you know a lot of, a lot of a lot of like big east big east at the time st john's university of miami xavier university teams like that they, they jumped on board late but then i just stuck with lmu because they were there from the jump and you know i committed and then yeah the rest the rest is history man that's how that pretty much worked out yeah no that that's that's a great story and uh you know, obviously, Max was there for your your entire tenure. I know you guys have a great relationship, but what was it like to, to play for him? As you said, you know, he can be colorful, he can be intense, but he's also just, you know, such a good guy all through and through. What was that experience like to, to play with him for your, you know, all four years of your career? Oh, man, man, at first it was tough, man. It was, it was, I'm like, I didn't understand, like, I didn't understand why he was like, because he was very tough on me at first, like, yeah. very tough, like, wouldn't, wouldn't let me, you know, I seemed like I couldn't do anything right. At times I wanted to go home. I didn't, you know, I can remember in the summertime when they made me stay on campus, I had to take extra classes. You know, I was like literally on my phone with, literally on the phone with my mom, like, I want to get out of here. So it, was, it was a long way from home. It was the first time I've been that far away from home ever. Yeah. So, you know, and then my whole freshman year, you know, I had a good year, but he was on me the whole year. And then sophomore year, he kind of let up, kind of, and, you know, and I had a great year. But, you know, now he tells me that the reason why that, you know, he was so hard on me was because, you know, I was technically his recruit and he didn't want to seem like, you know, he was taking it easy on me. Um, But at the time, I didn't I didn't understand that. You know, I was 17, 18 year old kid. Um, But now looking back, I was just like, man, that was exactly what I needed. I needed that like that mentor, that 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 father figure like who's going to who's going to push me not only on the court, but in the classroom as well. I can remember times where. You know, I'd get out of class and Coach Good would be sitting right there, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, it just felt like I'm I'm a little baby now, you know. So, yeah. I mean, but bad, but I needed that, you know, I needed that structure. I needed him to be on top of me. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, we just like you said, man, we had a, we had a great relationship. You know, I love that guy. Um, we still keep in contact. You know, he's constantly texting me every other day. Um, he's a he's a huge Jordan fan, and I'm a huge Braun fan, so we <laughs> go back and forth. We go back and forth at that. But um, you know, he's 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 came, come down to my camps. Um, he's gonna come this summer and talk to the kids, put them through workouts and stuff. So uh, so yeah, I mean, overall, my four years with him was was great, man. I would I, I don't I don't wish anything to change. Um, and you know, I love him to death, man. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know just kind of growing and. Obviously, your freshman year, you know, as your whole career was amazing, but kind of building your way up, uh, you know, there was six games you didn't start as a freshman, but you started 125 of 132 games played, and having been with you for, you know, a couple of those years, I know that you weren't always fully healthy. You played through some injuries. You played banged up. What allowed you to kind of push through and be able to play what ended up being the most games that anyone has played in the history of the program? Um... I mean, just just kind of like not, you know, not one to let my teammates down. Not one, uh, you know, because I, I kind of I wasn't a, as a vocal leader, um, so I kind of just kind of took the to route uh, leading lead by example. So, you know, like I said, I was always doing, I was always doing extra work before and after practice, late nights, um, 
So, so you know, I, I, I never wanted to miss a game, never wanted to miss a practice. And, and that's just that's just how I was built. I never – I didn't think, like – I never thought, like, oh, I'm not going to miss a practice or I'm not going to miss a game this whole season. It's just – it was a no-brainer to me to lace them up every day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got to give credit to the Keith and the entire the entire athletic training staff over there. You know, they, they really taught me how to, like, take care of my body, um, you know, whether that's, you know, icing – ultrasound stem units you know stretching before and after practice um hot tub cold tub and you know just just the rehab the rehab i would do in the summer times getting my body prepared for the the season so you know I, I give a lot of credit to them as well but um but yeah man looking back it was just like just like wow like i really didn't really didn't take any time you know i didn't <laughs> miss any games it's crazy no, it was it was pretty impressive to watch, and I think you know one of the the key examples of that, or one of the you know the the most glaring examples of that. I remember from when we were in Alaska, and you got what the your tooth pretty much knocked out or chipped, and you know blood all over your jersey, and then you just kind of switched the jersey. I believe it was a number twenty you changed into for that game, and just <laughs> just stayed on the court. Yeah, that was just what you did. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, can, I remember like you know I dove for the ball, and I'm my two my you know my two front teeth hit. Like right on the court, boom! Oh. <laughs> and then, you know, I just you know, I automatically felt it, and I just felt the blood coming out. And then Coach Good was about to sub me. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm not. I'm not coming out the game. <laughs> and then you know, I just like you said, I switched jerseys, and then then I went back went back to to, to work, man. Um, yeah, I remember that, man. I remember that for sure. Yeah, and going on your going back to your Max Good and Michael Jordan thing. There's a testament to that. Drew and I were talking last week, pretty much. Every pre, you know pre-game interview, there was a, a reference to Michael Jordan, so I, that definitely has stuck throughout the years for him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, coach, you know, obviously, Coach Good was grew up in a different era, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm you know I'm a huge Bron fan, so he'll he'll you know message me a few things that Skip Bayless said about him or whatever, and then you know I'll just you know I mean just going back and forth, back and forth. And he'll talk he'll talk shit about. LeBron not being able to hit free throws or doing well down the clutch and it's just you know so you know we always clown each other with that yeah for sure and uh Anthony I know you've had obviously with such a storied career many great moments are there any specific ones that stick out I know you were part of you know the last LMU teams to win on the road at St. Mary's and at BYU and you've had multiple oh, game winners but is anything stick out to you in particular um yeah, I would definitely say that BYU win was huge. Um, that BYU win felt really good, man, because we were, you know, out in Provo, Utah. Those, those fans are pretty gritty. So, um, and I, and the craziest thing is I could, because that was the BYU just came in our conference, so I can remember like, you know, it was, it was I think it was my sophomore, no, junior year, no, sophomore year, sophomore year. Yeah. Um, and then I can remember as soon as we landed in Provo, Utah, that's when I first got a Twitter. I didn't really know how Twitter worked. <laughs> and I just was like, you know, just land, just landed out in Utah. We're not leaving here without a W. And then, you know, I got like a bunch of mentions from like BYU radio stations, news stations. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know. Just, you know, and then we went out and we played great. I had a I had a really good game. I think I had like 27 or something. And, we, you know, Brandon Davies was on the team. And I played with I played with Brandon Davies in France. Um so, so that def, that's a, a huge win. It always sticks out, sticks out to me. Um, but uh, def, definitely, when when I had when I had my career high up at Gonzaga, that was just one of the more 
memorable feelings that I've had in basketball in my basketball career period. Um, you know, I think I had like 21 in the first half, ended up with 34, and then you know got a standing ovation from the Gonzaga student section and and going up there. It's always it's always rowdy. You know that they they were the that was the, that's the reason why I started wearing headphones during during pregame warmups because you know I get I get you know we get to warmups hour and a half two hours early and their student sections already filled yeah. they're they're you know saying Ireland you suck Ireland you're gonna stink it up tonight you know just just yapping yapping and then I'm just like man I need my headphones I went back in the locker room got my headphones locked in um, and then you know I had had a great I had a great night I fed off that energy. And but uh, another, ah, I mean, there's been so many good times, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's. Oh, also, also, we beat when we beat uh, Weber State. We beat I was gonna Damian say you Lillard. went up against uh, Damian Lillard. Was, yeah, yeah, we beat Damian Lillard. That was that was a huge win. You know, coach, our coaches staff put a great game plan for us. You know, it was obviously it was pretty much only him, so we was able to. I think you know we held him to 27 points. I think he shot like. 19 for 19 from the free throw line um but he hit like i'm sure you remember but he hit that <laughs> the dagger to put it put it in overtime yeah from about um, 30 feet away to tie the game right right, right. <laughs> yeah we ended up putting we ended up putting them away in overtime but that was a more you know just because you know everybody you know it was a big matchup for myself but uh you know everybody knew who damian Lillard was you know so that was that was a good that was a good experience yeah, and and once you finished your LMU career, you got a little a little taste of the NBA with a summer league invite, and obviously you've continued professional career with great success overseas. Uh, what was that summer league experience like for you when you you know fresh out of LMU and going into that that kind of grind? Oh man, I mean that was that was a dream come true, man. Um, it happened it happened so quickly, like you know I had I had three workouts with the with the with I mean with the Lakers. Um, I had I had three work, workouts with the Lakers. One with the Clippers, one with Dallas, and one with Houston. Um, and you know, the Lakers started, you know, kept inviting me back, kept inviting me back. So you know, like I had, a, you know, my agent, you know, we had a feeling that they would they would offer us a summer league deal, and you know, they did. So I mean, that you know, we had training camp, three weeks of training camp, and then um, and then we did the summer leagues. But and that was that was super challenging, um, just because you know the level of competition was different. It was. You know, you know, guys who were pros for four years, five years, six years. That was on the summer league team. Um, there weren't there weren't many like guys fresh out of college. Maybe like six or seven. Um, I think that was the year Julius Randle and um, uh, Jordan Clarkson got drafted. Mm. Um, so so that was that was a great experience. You know, just just the off the court stuff, staying in the hotels. You know, getting catered um, catered meals. Um, you know. You know, f- flying first class down down to Vegas, um, and then and then you know the the summer league games was great. The atmosphere was great. Um, I didn't like I, I didn't really get a, a great opportunity because you know Jordan Clarkson they had, they had to feature him. Yeah. So uh, so that was that was unfortunate, but you know and and then they eventually you know they extended um uh D league or yeah D league at the time deal for me, but then you know but then a team out in France offered me. Um, 120, 120,000. So it was either, you know, it was either take 120 or take the, uh, 25, um, before, uh, before taxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was kind of a no brainer to me, you know, coming out of LMU, I didn't have 
any money. So I was like, man, I'm gonna start my pro career out in France, and then we'll go. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and as you said, it's been it's been a great career for you. You know, kind of popping around. We mentioned the spots that you've been at, and now up in Russia. Uh, obviously, each of those countries are different experiences. But what has it been like off the court in terms of how you've been living and you know, just experiencing new cultures and then on the court. I know we've talked in the past about dealing with some just crazy crowds and experiences. What has that been like in that aspect as well? Uh, I mean, off the court, it's, everywhere I've been off the court has been, been really smooth, man. Like, they take care of us as far as, like, you know, give, getting us, you know, nice vehicles. Like, my my apartment's always always really nice, um, you know, and, and the people, people, for the most part, people are friendly. People are willing to help, like, when you go to the grocery store, when you're out at restaurants, you know, you're, you're, you're a star, you know, like it's obviously, you know, I don't blend in, um, out here in Europe, especially, especially in Russia, yeah. you know, with, with my hair and with my hair and, um, and, you know, just the way I dress, the way I walk, I can tell I'm not like, they're like, what am I, what are you doing here? But, you know, so, you know, pe- people know that I, that I play basketball. So you can, you kind of get that star treatment when you go out and stuff. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so you know, just just the, the off the court life has, has has always been has always been you know great. I never really have had any complaints. You know, I'm kind of the person that that wants to like, um, you know, dive deep into, into the culture that I'm that I'm in, and understand like their history, how, you know how how it came to be and stuff like that. Where you know how long the city's been here, how long it's been like this. Um, but but also you know on the court, it's you know on the court everywhere I've been, it's been it's been pretty cool, man. Like. You know, I think the most, like, you know, we, we had stories before, but I think the most passionate fans I've seen was probably, probably in, in France and in Lithuania. Um, in France, it was, it was packed every night. The arenas were packed every night. Um, Lithuania was the story that, that I told you last, last time. Yeah. Where, uh, <laughs> you know, they, as soon as the tip, tip ball, it was, a, it was our rival team. As soon as the, t- the, the ref threw the tip ball in, um, in the air, you know, they just threw like toilet paper all on our home court, and I'm just like, "Oh, what the hell is going on, man?" Like, I never, you know, never seen anything like this. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the crowd, you know, and I and I like that, you know, I embrace it. So that's something I, that I always look forward to. Um, every season and every game. Yeah, no, it's got to be quite the experience and a lot of fun out there. Um, Anthony, I know you're doing a couple of other things as well, along with basketball. Uh, you've had your your leadership academy going for a little bit. And I know, I know you also started a, a podcast of your own. Uh, so tell us a little bit about a couple of those things. Yeah, so um, the AI3 Leadership Academy, it's, our, it's going into our, our fifth summer. We do, um, we do co- co-ed youth camps, um, nine, 9 to 15-year-old camps uh, for, the, for the kids in, in my state and in my community of Waterbury. Um, every, every year we've kind of um, expanded in, in terms of just the numbers and um, being able to, to provide different outlets for the kids. Last year we had about one, 135 kids. This year we're trying to, you know, our goal is to get 175 to 200, 200 kids. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a five-day camp from 10, 10, to, 10 to 4. Um, you know, we put them through a lot of skills, drills, and then, you know, we just let them compete and stuff. You know, it's always, you know, and, and now it's, it's turned into, like, an event in my city. Um, and, and Waterbury, everything is is revolved around basketball pretty much so you know the whole community comes out you know the local high schools the new the news outlets comes out and they always do a story on it so and and it's something i'm passionate about man just giving back to the community and and you know 
extending a hand and, and and brightening you know trying to brighten up brighten someone's future and kind of just lighting that spark in, in the youth and, and tell, you know making them realize that you know they can make it out and and do positive things you know once they get out of Waterbury um, that, that Waterbury isn't just the by all means all you know like you can you can evolve and, and go to different different heights um, so so we have that going on we're going into our fifth summer um, so I'm really excited to get back home and just to connect with my community and get get the ball rolling with that and um, like you know like last year like I said Coach Good actually came down. He, yeah, <laughs> this guy, you know, I don't, I forget how old he is, like 74, 75. This guy drove from Maine to Waterbury, <laughs> Connecticut, which is like probably like eight hours. Wow. You know, and, <laughs> right? Like, that's just, you know, that's just a testament to, you know, how much, you know, he loves me and, you know, how much he cares for the game of basketball. He came down, literally put our guys through like a, like a hour and a half practice setting, kind of like, put them through a bunch of you know really really tough drills he's yelling at the top of his lungs he brings his whistle he's sweating <laughs> face all red you know so it was great to see him in that element again you know because he's not coaching but um and then he literally left he was like you better you better pay the hotel and my gas <laughs> you know yeah. and then and then he was on his way man and then so he literally came down for two hours and drove five hours right back or eight hours right back and then uh yeah but at, but on the other on the other hand, we you know we just started started a podcast. My partner Julio Vasquez and I, um, you know, we go. He's he's been my one of my best friends since I was since I was a kid, since like seven, eight, nine years old. So um, him him and I have, have uh, created a podcast called the Grind Podcast. It's on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud, and you know it's just just another outlet uh, to kind of get the message across. Um, we know that like you know technology is changing. Um, just the way how we interpret things, how we, in, you know, take in information. And, you know, I think, you know, the podcast route um, is kind of just a better way to get more in, in depth of certain situations while getting a, while getting the message out there quicker than, like, a news station or the newspaper, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, we're just, you know, sh- shining some light on, like, different situations, different topics. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing people that I've connected with throughout my career that's been overseas sharing their journeys out here, um, you know, connected with different entrepreneurs. Like, you know, we had Taylor Walker on there, you know, talking about his, his real estate endeavors. So, you know, just trying to trying to give the kids of, of my community just a different outlook and different possibilities that they can that they can tune into instead of just sports and basketball or football, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, amazing stuff that you're doing there. So obviously the... Uh... The AI Leadership Academy and the Grind Podcast. I want to make sure everyone checks that out. But Anthony, uh, I've, I've told you over and over, but still, it was always such a, a pleasure to watch you play. And I know that you know you'll make it as far as you want to. You've always been such a great hard worker and an even better guy. So I really appreciate you being able to, as I said, take the time and uh, you know come on the show. Oh yeah, man! Th- thanks for having me, man. Um, and you know, any, anytime I'm out there, I'm definitely. You know, I'm definitely down to link up with you and, and, you know, get another episode going or get another three-man weave going. And, yeah, man, anything I can do to help. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely make that happen. Future Anthony, uh, thanks for coming on again. No doubt, brother. Thank you. And we thank Anthony Ireland once again for coming on the show. 
as you could probably tell in that interview, such a great guy, uh, one of the best players in the history of LMU basketball, uh, now inducted into the LMU Hall of Fame, and you can see his name etched all over the LMU record books, including number three all-time, as we mentioned earlier, in points, in assists, in steals. He's the top 10 in 13 different categories, uh, so he is a, a legend in LMU basketball, and we really appreciate him taking the time to come on the show. And as always, we appreciate you listening to the show here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, if you do like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we've got all five-star ratings, so we really appreciate the great feedback and hope that you subscribe and keep on listening. We have more great guests coming up in the coming weeks as well. So once again, a big thanks to Anthony Ireland. Know that if you can... If you do like the show, you can follow us anywhere. Podcasts are available, all your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Uh, and you can also find a lot of other shows over at Believe.com, including everything you could really want. We've got baseball shows for the Dodgers and the Angels, NBA shows, of course, the Clippers off the really the greatest comeback of all time against the Warriors. So Clippers stuff. Uh, you know, Lakers stuff, anything you can need, uh, even going over to yoga, all this stuff on the Believe Podcast Network. Go take a look at Believe.com, and you can check those things out as well. But that will bring us to the end of our show this week. I want to thank you once again for tuning in, and know that if you're listening to the LMU Basketball Podcast, it's here exclusively on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.